Welcome to the Week 13 edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I am joined once again this week by my podcast partner. JP Monday. Excellent. Good to have you back. It is uh, always good to be back. It is playoff time. Uh, we've got second round of NCHSA playoffs. I did my Jim Mora thing last week. I'll, I'll skip that. Uh, before we get to the NCHSA playoffs this week, do want to mention the private schools, the NCISAA playoffs, Division Three championship game, Friday night, 7 o'clock in High Point, the High Point Christian Cougars, the number one seed, 11-1 and one this year, against number two, Wake Christian, 9-3. and Got to give a, scout, a shout out to Scott Bell, the Cougars coach, seventh year that that program has been in existence and they're playing for a state title. Uh, this is a team, Wake Christian, that they played early in the season, it was a 35-12 High Point Christian win, so I've got to figure that uh, they would be considered the favorite in that one. Players to watch in that one. I know you know a little bit about these guys, JP. Quarterback, yeah. Deshaun Taylor, and defensive end, linebacker, Austin Henley. Two two pretty talented football players, wouldn't you say? Uh, they're both talented, and they're both huge. Those are big athletes right there. Yeah, those are the kind of kids that, that could play for most of the schools, if not all the schools in our area. High Point Christian, the private schools, don't have the numbers to the same extent that the public schools do. They don't have the depth. They're starting to play some of the public schools and, and NCHSAA schools. High Point Christian beat Bishop McGinnis this year. They're looking to get some games with some other teams in the area. They're still kind of in the early stages of that. But that's a huge game for High Point Christian. would be a huge win for them. First state title in football if they can get it. And uh, we wish them nothing but luck on Friday night. Turning back to the public schools, uh, the place to start, I would say, since this is my podcast as well as yours, is the game that I'm covering. Uh, NCHSAA, Class 4A West, second round, number nine Southwest Guilford at number one Dudley. And these are two teams, JP, that you are intimately familiar with. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with both. Did you say Southwest? Are you sure you said Southwest? Guilford? Yeah, yeah. That that was the one game that we differed on in our picks last week. And uh, Southwest Guilford, as a number nine seed, went up to number eight Watauga and uh, came out of there with a win. You won the regular season title. I have to give you that. But we are back on uh, even footing heading into the second round of the playoffs with our picks for the year. So uh, I'll let I'll let you talk a little bit more about Southwest, uh, even though there might be a little bitterness in your voice. No, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm almost over. Maybe, maybe not. But you know, first of all, tip of the cap to Eric Rainey and 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 his kids. Uh, they they not only you know some would say back their way into the playoffs, they won their way into the playoffs, yeah. and then they went out to be to Otaga and won their way into the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's it's not a it's not a fluke. Um, you know, these guys are are playing well at the right right time. Now, the last time I saw them, they were playing East Forsyth at home, and they were getting drubbed. They gave up 40-some points, and it just didn't look, you know, didn't look good at all. And to see this team in the second round of the playoffs is, is amazing. Now, Dougie, I've seen quite a few times as well as, well as you have, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, this is a game that, you know, both teams are going to be up for this because both teams know each other intimately. I'm talking about the kids. Oh yeah, and, um, and 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 you know, and you can you can forget about um, you know the size and the physicality and all that kind of stuff. But these guys know each other; they live near one another. You know, they they're friends. So this is just going to be um, the emotion is going to be there. I, I expect it to be you know at least close for a while. Now, ultimately, 
and we do have to talk about the physicality, mm-hmm. and we talk about the size and athletic yes. ability, and I think that it goes there, obviously goes to Dudley. Dudley has been playing well since uh, camp and with it, say for one misstep in the rain and the muck against Richmond County. Basically, in the first quarter of that game was when they gave up 14 points, and they, they had a couple of chances to take the lead late, and, and as you say, the muck and the rain kind of slowed yeah. them down a little bit. But, you know, they really have, have had one bad quarter this season is about it. Yeah, and, you know, you know what? yeah, I'm making an excuse for Dudley, but so sue me, but, you know, this is, they, they've played yeah. well. And, and oh, yeah. these guys are, you know, and, and at home at Tarpley Stadium on, on what looks to be a night, you know, it's going to be probably a fast track. And, gosh, you know, Joe Connell Young doesn't need a faster track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, he's – He's got to be the front runner right now for our player of the year, the way he's been going, closing in on 2,000 yards for the season. An excellent receiver also. One of the parts of his game that, that doesn't get talked about a lot, but Dudley will flex him out and put him in the slot, and they won't throw flare passes or screens to him. They'll have him run slants. They'll have him run, run routes up the field, and he catches the ball. So you know, he's an excellent player. Uh, we saw a little bit of the emergence of Simeon Gatling as his backup uh, last week in their uh, first playoff game against McDowell, where because of an injury to Ezra Perkins and that ended his season, Simeon is now going both ways a lot more. He's obviously an excellent defensive back, but he's getting some carries on offense. And then they bring up a sophomore from their JV team who had obviously had not played for the varsity all year, uh, Zarek Rush Foxworth. And he did rush. First play, he touches the ball 58 yards, breaks a few tackles, and he's gone. He's a large young man, about 6'2", 6'3", about 190. Uh, the, next, the next Dudley running back in their stable following Connell Darius Graves last year and some other guys that they've had. I mean that that's a very talented team. Hendon Hooker obviously makes them makes them go on offense as a dual threat. The defense has been stifling. They've only given up more than one touchdown in a game twice all year. Getting back to Southwest Guilford, you know, and, and what you were talking about, you know, they're doing what they had to do. They've got a halfway decent resume. That's a team that beat Andrews. Andrews' yep. only loss of the season. It's a team that beat High Point Central when High Point Central was playing some pretty darn good football and a team that beat Northwest Guilford. So uh, when they've got Eric Rainey healthy and the way that they're playing right Eric. now. I'm sorry, Jaron. Eric, Eric, of course, is the coach. Jaron, his son, the sophomore quarterback. When he's Eric healthy. Eric's healthy, too, I hear. But but when, when Jaron is healthy, they, they are a pretty good football team. And as you say, you know, the, those kids know each other. Uh, they're all familiar with each other from camps, from combines, from, from you know, being around each other in Guilford County. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, the game that you've got Friday night is another team that is playing very good football. Uh, Southern Guilford, the number four seed in Class 3A East, is going to be home against number 12, Wilson Fike, a team that... Northern has seen a few times in the playoffs. They've seen Fike and Hunt. Uh, they beat Fike on the road on their way to the state title last year. Southern Guilford w- was 1-2 and two early in the season. Really struggled their first few games. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, our inside slant feature last week was with Coach Daryl Brown and the quarterback ratio and Knight and some changes that the two of them made really turned that team season around when they were 1-2. and two. 
They've won nine in a row, and a lot of it came down to, uh, as Daryl Brown, the coach, said, taking a few things off of Rayshon Knight's plate in terms of pre-snap reads. He still makes some reads. He's not just going up there and being a robot. He, he still has to make some good decisions, and he does. But they took a few things off of his plate to just let him play football, as they put it, and Rayshon Knight has delivered. He's had an excellent season. There's a, there's a reason that they're 10-2 and uh, two at this point. They have wins on the road at Ashboro and at Ledford, two very good football teams. You know, that's a good team playing good football right now. Everybody kind of wrote them off after Reggie Gillespie departed last year to NC State, but there's still a lot of talent there and good coaching staff. And they're a threat to, to make a run in these playoffs. If they get by that game, they're going to be at Eastern Alamance. That would be a, a real test for them, but they're playing good football. Two teams that we want to talk about from Guilford County. Two teams that you've seen a bit this year, JP, in the 4AA East bracket. Number 13, Northwest Guilford, which is going to go to number 5, Fuquay Verena. And number 6, Page, which is going to go to unbeaten number 3, Wake Forest. I guess start with Northwest Guilford, a team you've seen quite a bit this year, JP. Well, you know, I have seen Northwest quite a few times. And uh, I guess apologies go out um, to Northwest. Uh, of course, uh, when I talked to, to Jared Rolfus on uh, on Friday night, late Friday night, he said, he said, do y'all just keep on picking against us? We love it. He texted and, me. He didn't call me directly, but he probably couldn't get through. <laughs> so I hear him. I hear him. <laughs> so, you know, that. They did it. They went up there. They went up to to Garner and and, and took care of business, and uh, you know won the game on a on a on a really really gutsy two point call. Exactly. At the end of the game, fifty seconds to go. They score. They score. Could have kicked the extra point and played for overtime. No, they went for it. They rolled the dice and and got a two point conversion. Yeah, and you know, reading the comments of the Garner coach afterwards, he said, "We knew number seven was going to make a play." And you know what? That's what Hennigan does. You every know? game, <laughs> every game is some. You know, and he's probably scored just as many times that have been called back. Than yeah. Us, you know, so, uh, so you know, they've got a, they've got another tough test this week going to to, to Fuquay. Uh, they have had uh, you know the Fuquay. I forget. I think they've got two losses on eleven and one, maybe more. Eleven and They're one. Eleven and one. They're eleven and one. But you know, and they have, but it's not like they've gone out and blown everybody out. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I you know. You'd think that Northwest has the horses uh, to play in this game to be competitive, but you know I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. They'll have to play well to win at Fuquay. I'll yeah. put it that way. No question. And uh, you know I, I still think the the big head scratcher this week is is the Page game. I think Joe. Yeah. You know, I, I think they they've got to go to Wake Forest, and it was funny being up in the press box last Friday night. They said, "Who do we have to play again if we win?" Do we have to play again? And the answer is the same. Yeah. We got to go to Wake Forest. And if you go to Wake Forest, Max Preps plays a page and see all their see their schedule. They are just putting up points on people. Yep. You know, fifty-five to nothing, fifty-nine to nothing, and you know they're undefeated. And on paper, they look like a strong team. But like you and I think before, you know, maybe the conference is maybe a little bit suspect. So we don't we know what Page can do, mm-hmm. and I say it was on full display Friday night. And Javon Lee went for over 200 yards, and Will Jones rushed for over 100 yards. You know, it, it was amazing. Will Jones scored three times with his feet. Yeah. You know, and and it wasn't like he was winning from the one. 
No, like he's, one of he's capable of breaking those plays. He, he's not he's not blazing fast. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle when he runs, but he can he he's not afraid to take on a tackler or run over some people. And once Javon Lee gets going in their offense, the read the zone read play becomes a killer because defenses start ganging up on Javon Leak and Will knows when to keep the ball, when to give it up, and when he keeps it, it's usually with a purpose, and he's usually through the line and into the secondary. And he he's he's a good athlete. He was a starter on a, on a state quarterfinalist basketball team last year as a sophomore. He he can he can run the floor with the ball. So you know he was we knew he could do something like that. But as you say, those numbers were pretty impressive, and they're going to need a big game from him this week. Their offensive yeah. line is going to have to handle uh, a young man who's generally considered one of the top 10 recruits in the country. Some services before the season had him ranked number one uh, defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence at Wake Forest, who is a man at about 6'5", 3'10", and mobile. Uh, they're going to have to find some way to counteract him. Maybe some screen passes, may, you know, a lot of a lot of plays where Will Jones is going to get rid of the ball quickly or maybe some misdirection stuff, but uh, they're going to have to account for him, and they're going to have to get some big play from their defense of their own. Uh, Elijah Dar Suba on the defensive line, Tyler DeBerry, some of the other guys there, that secondary of all those big receivers who go both ways, DeAndre Overton, James Ellis, Miles Faison, all those guys. You know, they're they're gonna need to play a really good game to to be in that and a and a near perfect game to win, but are they capable of it? Yeah, we we've seen what that team can do. Yeah, DeBerry was lights out last week. And, and, you know, I am glad that you said something about the Page offensive line because I promised them last week that I'd say something nice about them because they wanted uh, the bulk of the credit for their rushing output Friday night. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a good I, Hats off to you. There you go. It's a, it's a good group with uh, senior leader Will Harden, with the young sophomore, Mr. Makovic at center, who's going to be a Division One recruit before he's done. That, that's that's a big mobile group, and they're going to need yeah, to play well, but you know they're prepared for the challenge. I mentioned uh, one of the two big wins for Southern Guilford this year was going down to Ashboro and winning that, a game that – put them in the driver's seat for the Mid-Piedmont 3A title, which they ultimately won. Well, Ashboro is home on Friday night against a team that we're, we always find ourselves talking about at this time of the year, and I underestimated them last week and paid the price. Number yeah, 13, up again. as always, but they, they love it. I mean, I talked to Coach Roscoe, I talked to C.J. Freeman uh, this week, and yeah, they love it. They love, they love going on the road. They love... Uh, Proving the doubters, including myself, wrong. Uh, they went to uh, Wendell, North Carolina, beat Corinth Holders, a number four seed, 40 to seven. C.J. Freeman with 256 <laughs> yards, a 66-yard touchdown run, a 91-yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, three touchdowns. They the first time that uh, Corinth Holders is forced to punt in the game, uh, they were near midfield and they do this little short, almost rugby punt. And Northern Guilford was ready for it, shot someone up the middle, blocks the punt, knocks it all the way back out of the end zone and gets a safety, and it set the tone for the game. And, and it's, you know, CJ said, uh, talking to him last night after their practice in the cold, and he said, when it gets cold, the football is real, and that's our time of the year. And here they go again. They're going to Ashboro. Uh, this is, as we've said many times, not a vintage Northern Guilford team, but... Um, 
You underestimate them in the playoffs at your peril. Ashboro is a very good team, has a, a big-time Division One recruited defensive end, Nick Coe, uh, two-time state heavyweight champion wrestler in the 3A class, being recruited by Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. I mean, you name the program pretty much, and he's got an offer from them. He may or may not be available for this game. I've heard from a couple of people that he has a – uh, a knee sprain, and they're trying to determine how severe it is, trying to get him uh, rehabbed as much as possible and get him ready for that game Friday night. If he's not available, that is going to make things easier for Northern Guilford, and I wouldn't pick against them anyway because, as I said, this is their time of year. C.J. Freeman is rolling. Uh, Coach Roscoe said that you know, C.J. suffered a broken foot in last year's state championship game in the second quarter. Coach Roscoe said this is the first time, the last week or two, that he really thinks C.J. is held that's something you and I had kind of seen when we've seen Northern Guilford, Spencer Turk, and our friend doing uh, ESPN radio broadcast said CJ just didn't quite have the same explosiveness because of that foot injury and rehabbing it. Well, apparently it's back, and that's something for Ashboro to be concerned about. Northern's concern, uh, according to Coach Roscoe, is the athletes and the size of that team. They're big, they're fast, they've got a uh, running back, slot back athlete, Emmanuel Jones, who's committed to East Carolina line and had some big time offers it's a good team but uh, when you see our picks on uh, Thursday afternoon or Friday I will be picking Northern Guilford in that one I've learned my lesson I've been uh, chastened by that one Another team that you know and are very familiar with, JP, East Forsyth, number one seed in four AA West, and they are home against the number eight seed, Independence High School from Charlotte. And those schools with names that end in ENCE from Charlotte uh, get East Forsyth's attention after Providence last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is the week it gets real again. For East Forsyth, you know, mm-hmm. this is an independence team that certainly isn't the Tom from the Tom Knotts era, um, you know, back in the day. But this is still a very good, very well seasoned independence team. They've they've seen it all, um, as the, you know, and so they're not going to be intimidated by East Forsyth. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, I don't think Page was in, in, Page or or Reagan were intimidated by, uh, by East Forsyth, and the independence sure, surely won't be. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is can they match up talent-wise to the Eagles? And, the, you know, that remains to be seen. That right now, Nike Martin is playing as well as anybody in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a joke, you know, when will Nike Martin ever score a return touchdown that's not uh, that's not called back? Because I'd never seen one, and he took the opening kickoff back 90-something yards last week. He, um, he, must, he, he must be reading your stuff and listening. Uh, that, that's right. That's right, Coach Willard. It's because of me. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, it's everything. When you've got a quarterback um, in Noah Smith who's who's played beyond his expectations, mm-hmm. and and you've got Nike Martin coming into his own and, and playing like a really, a really like a five star recruit right now. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's catching everything. He's always blocked well, and you know he's not scared of contact. He's running with a toughness and a purpose. Uh, purpose and, they're playing real well right now. We'll just have to see if they can get over that, that second-round hump. Um, and we'll see. We start to see Friday night how much they learn from last year. Yep. I want to talk about a couple of other games very briefly. Uh, other 
highly seeded teams from our area. Andrews, the Red Raiders, their only loss this season in their opener to Southwest Guilford. They are 10 and 1. They are in Class 2 AA East, where they won the title in 2013, and they are home against number 9, Jacksonville Northside. Jacksonville Northside, a 5 and 7 team. Uh, Andrews got off to a little bit of a slow start last week. Uh, we're tied 14 14 with Randleman, but I think, and pulled away. I think that has had as much as anything to do with the fact that they had already played Randleman during the regular season, beaten them handily, and thought, eh, you know, we're, this is an easy win. And I think it took them a while for the light to come on and realize it's the playoffs, and it doesn't matter what happened during the regular season. You've got to play. But they did once that happened. Reedsville, uh, another team that got off to a very slow start, but once they got into conference play, rolled, won six in a row, and, and uh, they're nine and three. They're the number three seed in Class 2A West, and they are home against a probably underseeded number six Lincolnton team that's ten and two. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be a real challenge for this Reedsville team. Uh, a little bit like Northern Guilford, a team that they played on uh, a Time Warner Thursday night game in that this is not a vintage Reedsville team, but uh, it's a Jimmy Teague coached Reedsville team. They still have some good players, some good athletes, and they're a good football team. But this is going to be a tough one for them. And, you know, if they can get past this, it doesn't get any easier in their bracket. They, they've got Shelby and a few other teams that have been uh, trouble for them in the past there. And, I, I, you know, I like... I like their chances to maybe get this one at home, but it, it, beyond that, it's going to be very tough for them. And two other teams that we don't talk about a whole lot, or a few other teams that we don't talk about a whole lot that are also playing this weekend from right on the fringes of our area, also in 2A West, the number two seed, Thomasville, 9-3. and three. They're going to be home against number seven, Burnsville Mountain Heritage. Cummings, a team that really struggled early in the season, uh, conference mates of Reedsville. Uh, they've gotten it going a little bit later in the season. They're five and seven, but uh, they've been playing decent football lately. They go to number two Bun. That's going to be tough for them. And a team that that pulled a big upset last week and and had what would I guess still have to be considered an upset win to close the regular season. Moorhead. The Panthers, that is uh, Earl Bates' team up there in Rockingham County. They finished third in the Mid-State 3A thanks to a regular season ending 31-27 win over Northern Guilford. It was the first time Moorhead had ever beaten them. Only uh, Moorhead is only the third team in that conference to beat them. Eastern Alamance and Western Alamance each have two wins over Northern. Moorhead beat them to finish third. And then Moorhead went on the road last week to Western Alamance, which looked like a really tough draw, and they won in overtime. So uh, they won. Unfortunately, their present, their gift for winning is they go to number two Havelock, which is 12-0. and 0. A long trip for them and a very, very tough opponent. You know, uh, they they did it at Western Alamance, so I'm, I wouldn't write off that team. Uh, Will Dabbs, a very good dual threat quarterback, and I mentioned Nick Coe as a wrestler earlier. Will Dabbs, part of a state championship contender team, uh, team that seems to get to the state finals every year in 3A uh, dual team wrestling for Moorhead. He's an excellent player. Earl Bates has done a great job, former Reedsville assistant, getting that program to where they where they're contending again. This is their best season since 2005 when they were nine and four. You know, just a, a good year for them. I, I suspect that that's where they're going to finish this year too, nine and four, going to half a lock. But a great season for them and. Uh, it's been a fun season for us so far, and it's far from over, I would say. Uh, we're still going to have a few teams playing after this week, JP, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing uh, what you've got off of that uh, Southern Guilford-Wilson fight game on Friday night and uh, where we go next week. Yeah, I am too. 
Hey, and uh, you know what, Jared Rolfus, I'm still picking against you. <laughs> he, he'll love it, and I'll probably do the same, but that's okay. <laughs> like I say, they, you know, if if I pick against the team in a big game, it usually means they're going to win. So, uh, right. full full credit there. The gift of success. Exactly. Well, thank you for uh, joining us again this week. For all of your high school sports coverage in print, read the news and record daily. And for the latest high school sports news online, check out our website, hsextra.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, at NR, And you can follow JP at... JP underscore M-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for listening.